Welcome to... Let's go! I am your host, Chris DeBacker, and with me today is a guy who makes us all think of Morse code because most people listen to him and don't have the first clue what he is talking about. It takes a very intelligent and discerning person to make sense of all of his dots and dashes. It's... Blakemore! And also with us in studio today is a guy that ladies love because he reminds them of their favorite romantic poem. He uses very few words, but the ones he does use are filled with passion, emotion, and rhythm. Roses are red, violets are blue, Joe is so manly, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Mr. Poetry himself, my guy, Joe Krupper. Joe, have you ever written a poem for one of your lady friends? I have not. The only poems I ever wrote were for school, and I did not enjoy it. But you never slipped a little friendly, uh, romantic, you know, limerick to your girl? You know, I don't know. I, don't, I, I may have. But it's not, it was so meaningful, I forgot about it. <laughs> she gave it back to you, right? She's like, no thanks, Joe. Don't need yes. that. Oh, boy, that's too great. Our email address is breakisready at gmail.com. Breakisready at gmail.com. We love getting those emails, so send them in. Gentlemen, I have today's word of the day. And we need to make sure we use this word. Last week was a little, uh, little lackluster in the word of the day usage department. So let's make sure we make up for that, okay? Today's word is skulk, S-K-U-L-K. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a skulk cap? Skull cap? Almost. Almost. Skulk. It's a verb. Action. Sounds like action. It means I'm sad, Joe. Yeah. I was going to say sulk. Skulking around the house. I kind of yeah. thought that's a sad thing, but it's more sulk, you know, versus yeah. skulk. So skulk is to move around or hide in a stealthy or a secretive way, um, often in a form of wrongdoing or mischief. Mm. So you're skulking around, hiding in a secretive way because oh, maybe you're ashamed or maybe because you did something wrong or you're just mischievous in some way. I think we can use that. Oh, yeah. You, you go skulking around and use Morse code, right? You hide. And, sure. Uh, right. That's the way you can communicate it's when you're skulking. A, a bit of a stretch, but we'll go with it. All right. We used it. That's good. Well, it is actually National Learn Your Name in Morse Code Day. As you guys heard at the beginning of the show... Chris introed break is ready in Morse code. That's why he did it. Chris, you're so creative. I was doing that. Did you see me typing that out on my little uh, <laughs> repeater or whatever that thing is called? I thought that's what that said. I'm yeah. just really yeah. well-versed in Morse code. Stayed up all <laughs> night working on that for you guys. Learn your name in Morse code. No Morse code, when it began, it was really the first way we were able to communicate around the world. It's not easy. I mean, no. you really, your mind has to almost... Think in Morse code. It seems too complicated to me. Man, I'm sure glad we have text now, and there's so many better ways. Here's one, here's one more for you, Joe. Okay. See if you can translate this okay, one. Okay, I'm ready. That's a I, signal that went out all over the world, Joe. Really? Mm -hmm. I believe that says something like, Joe is my best friend. Close. Joe is a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> the women women who know Morse code are going to come knocking, Joe. Oh, that's great. Kind of fun. I'm a little worried at who shows up at Joe's uh, house because it kind of sounds like uh, your little interpretation of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It right. It, 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 yeah. it, it, it did make me think about it a little bit. You know? Yeah. 
There you go. Either way, <laughs> a woman who knows <laughs> a woman who knows Morse code and an alien could be very, very similar. Speaking of communication, is also poetry at work day. Yeah, let's make work less exciting by writing a poem. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what? You need to embrace poetry. Because the type of women that love poetry <laughs> are the type of women you need in your life. You know, that's what you need to have as a qualification for people that you go it, out that, with. That's what I'm missing. That's true. It is. There you go. It is. Have you, <laughs> would you know poetry, good poems, if you heard them? I think a poem is, I know this is not true, but I think for me to like a poem, it's got to rhyme. Right. You're more of a Dr. Seuss kind of poem Absolutely. guy, right? Absolutely. Now that is a poet. That's a poet. Dr. Right. Seuss. That's my speed. But, you know, if you really want to up your game with the ladies okay. that you're dating, you need to know real poetry. Okay. Sure. Okay. Emily Dickinson. You know Emily Dickinson. I've, yep. She is a poet. Do you know any poems by Emily Dickinson, Scott? I do not. You don't? Okay. Well, Joe, here, I want to put you to the test here. We oh. need to up your game. I want to see if you can tell the difference between an Emily Dickinson quote or a line from one of her poems or a Dr. Seuss Ooh. poem. Okay. okay. Let's so let's, do it. let's see how well you can do. And really what you're trying for, Joe, you want to get these right. Because this is like you're auditioning for, you're stepping up your game as far as dating goes here. At the very least, just avoid doing push-ups. All right, here we go. So what I need you to tell me is Emily or Dr. Seuss. All right. Okay. Pardon my sanity in a world insane. I think that's Emily Dickinson. So good. Emily Dickinson. Sure. Simple stuff. Simple stuff. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That sounds like Emily Dickinson as well. Now, you know, I'm going to say Dr. Seuss. That's Dr. You saw my face, didn't you? <laughs> Cheater. Cheater. Dr. Seuss. Did you know that one, Scott? No. Well, once a card's laid, a card's played. Yeah. And so, all right. Uh, yeah. All right. That's one wrong. Wow. Today, I shall behave as if this is the day I will be remembered. I think that's going to be Emily Dickinson. Dr. Seuss. Wow. Wow, man. Was that in a book? I think it's in one of his books. Okay. Hmm. Doesn't sound real. All right. Here we go. Your brain is wider than the sky. That's definitely Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Wow. You are good. <laughs> I find myself strangely attracted to you, Joe. <laughs> well, I'm so far on two for four. So can't be that good. <laughs> That's how I am. I roll with mediocrity. <laughs> sometimes, here we go. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. I feel like that's got to be Emily. Dr. Seuss oh, again. Really? Okay. Guy's pretty deep. That's that's surprising. Okay. Forever is composed of nows. That sounds like Dr. Seuss. But I bet that's but I bet it's Emily Dickinson. <laughs> so you gave <laughs> nice so save. Nice save. Yeah, I think he's saying it's Emily Dickinson. It's Emily Dickinson. I'll go with Emily. Yeah, uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> All right. A couple more. They might not need me, but they might. I think Dr. Seuss. Pretty profound. Emily Dickinson. Oh, all right. In one of her moments of self-doubt, right? They might wow. not need me, but they might. To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. That sounds like the good old doctor. That's the doctor. Yep. Dr. Seuss. Got some good words. I dwell in possibility. Emily. Boom. Got it. Last one. How did it get so late so soon? I'm going to go with Emily. Dr. Seuss. Oh, man. Although well, those are in no books that Joe ever read of yeah, Dr. Seuss. Where's the right. green eggs and ham? Right. Well, right. Sure. Right. If I would say, I would not eat green eggs and ham. I do not like them. <laughs> Sam, I am. You know, that's Dr. Seuss, right? That is my good old Dr. Seuss right there. But I'll tell you what, Dr. Seuss had some pretty good stuff there. He's yeah. Not bad for that's being a, you know, kind of a gimmicky, funny children's book writer. That those is are super some pretty cool. good sayings. That was way more difficult than I thought it would be. You did good. Right. I, I picked out some of the tougher ones for you, Joe. So well done. You passed. 
Well, unrelated to poetry, it is National Save the Eagles Day. Save the Eagles Day was started by a couple in New Jersey that was trying to protect a pair of bald eagles that were nesting near their house. I think we've talked about it before, but you remember what the national bird was going to be yes. before the eagle? Okay. It was going to be the turkey. It was going to be the turkey. Which is weird to think about. I'm glad they went with the American bald eagle. I would agree with you on that. 1978, the bald eagle was declared endangered. And in the world, there were only 500 breeding pairs left. Really? That few? Bald, yeah. Now in 1978. Quite often. Yeah. Now the there's over 300,000 pairs. In 2007, they came off the endangered species list. That is amazing, that increase. Think about yeah. that. Yeah, it is. The, we we have a pair of bald eagles that nest by our house. That's cool. Yeah. Very it is very cool. cool to see a bald eagle uh, in the wild. That's kind of fun. The eagles, their cry is kind of silly sounding. Have you ever heard of eagle cry? No, tell me what it sounds like. It, it, well, you know, you think of a hawk, which is like the screech, right? Or whatever. That's not okay. a good like they, they screech. screech. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I'm like, curious you, to hear what hear an eagle it? sounds like. It kind of sounds like, yeah. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> he just wants to see me do it. Eagle sounds like a... <laughs> That's kind of how it sounds. I think you're thinking turkey. More like a no. pony then? <laughs> no, it's, just, it's, like, like a... it's like a little high-pitched cackle oh. because they fly around our lake. I hear them all the time. And when you hear it, it's very distinct. But it sounds huh. like for such a majestic bird, and you see it up there soaring and they're talking, and you hear this this high-pitched squeal almost to yeah. each other. And they talk. It doesn't. It's not real majestic sounding. Yeah. A lot of times in movies, if they're going to try to show an eagle talking, it, they overdub an eagle cry with a different bird. Like a, the hawk, for example. Yeah, like hmm. a hawk. A little bit about eagles. If they sound anything like what you just demonstrated, <laughs> I'm glad they do dub over. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad. That would ruin the movie. If Can they we didn't. get that one more time? <laughs> no. no. Oh, come on. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what it sounds like. All right. Sounds so. like one of Joe's poetry ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Joe read poetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. oh, my word. Okay. All right, Joe, do you know what group that theme song is to? Of course, that is the Harlem Globetrotters, which I loved watching their, whenever they were on TV when I was a kid, I enjoyed watching them. That was fun. You know what? I think they were certainly more relevant 20 years ago than they are. They're still around today, but I don't know that they quite have the, I don't know, the same impact that they had back in the day. Sure. Mm -hmm. Good point. But they're pretty incredible. The team they play, Washington Generals. That's right. Washington Generals. Yeah. Somewhere their their record right now is somewhere in the neighborhood of three and seventeen thousand. So they have three wins against seventeen thousand losses. Probably the worst <laughs> basketball team ever assembled. But back in the day, apparently, 1954, 1958, and in 1971, the Washington Generals won one game in each of those years. In wow. 1971, they said was actually a legit win. The really? generals won and probably weren't supposed to, but actually wow. pulled out a win. No so, way. That's funny. But from that point on, since 1971, the generals haven't won a game. And I thought this was interesting. They were founded in 1926, actually didn't play in Harlem until 1968. So they were founded in 1926 with the name Harlem Globetrotters to let the majority of the society know that they were black players, yeah. but actually didn't go back there until really? 40 years later. So yeah. I did not know that. So I, I actually have kind of a neat story. I was able to connect with a woman 30 years ago who happened to be the first female Harlem Globetrotter. So in 1985, Lynette Woodard uh, made the team and actually traveled with the Globetrotters. And for two years, 
she was she was on a team and this huge contributor. And I remember as a little boy watching her come out onto the floor because, like you said, Joe, they were like on ABC's Wide World of Sports or something. And to see her come out there was really cool. I remember that moment. Fast forward, I was in college, was able to work at a basketball camp, and I had the privilege of going to pick up Lynette Woodard at the airport, bring her back to the camp so she could talk to the campers and the whole way there and back. And I took her out to lunch at Wendy's because I'm a big spender. So I took Lynette Woodard out to Wendy's. <laughs> a Harlem Globetrotter A Harlem Globetrotter. And I was you sitting there in the middle of all of these people thinking, do you, <laughs> do you know who this is sitting right here? Like, this is the first female Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah, cool. And it was so cool. She was such a neat woman and just super grounded and just a, a good human. And the one thing I took away from the conversation is she said that the schedule that they kept was so insane, you know, kind of like a rock band where you tour in a different city or a different country every night. She said she could only take that life for two years because she found herself waking up in the morning, not knowing where she was, what city, what country, what time zone, mm. didn't know if she should be eating breakfast or going to bed, right? All they knew was waking up, playing, traveling. And she said the thing that she was attracted to and could see why people were attracted to it was drugs. Mm. That was the one thing that would keep them grounded and keep them you know, the one constant in her life. And she said, I had to get away from that life because I could see me going down a road that would be detrimental. I give her credit for doing that too. But she made a, you know, big, it was a big step forward for women in basketball and certainly all of athletics. So pretty cool lady. I wonder if any Washington generals were ever taken to basketball camps to talk to the kids. You know, oh. probably not. Probably not. It was, you know. How it, losing builds character maybe? I, maybe, you know. <laughs> but I mean, imagine if that was your career. What'd you do, dad, for your career? I played on the Washington Generals. Well, who nobody knows anybody who's played on the Washington Generals. You know, everyone knows the Harlem Globetrotters. So I guess it pays to be a winner. <laughs> do, do you think everybody knows the Harlem Globetrotters? I think they would know, like, some of the famous. Well, we would know at least. Curly. I mean, Curly was one of the famous guys. I have no right. idea. So I'm not really interested in if everybody knows. I'm just interested if Joe would know. Okay. I gave him one. I'm sorry, Joe. Joe, Joe would you know? Curly. Would you know a Harlem Globetrotter? <laughs> you might have one answer to you. Would you know the difference between a Harlem Globetrotter and an Eagle? You know, I don't know. Right? I Let's think you out. I think you would. If I said, <laughs> so I'm going to give you a word and I want you to tell me is it closely associated to an Eagle or a Globetrotter? So if I were to say bald, you would say both. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Right. That's pretty smart. But more than likely, that would be, more a, likely able to say eagle. That'd be an eagle. Yeah, if I sure. said Wilt the Stilt. That's probably a globetrotter. Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain was a globetrotter. <laughs> was he really? really? I actually, didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Back wow. in the 50s, when he was at the top of his game, he actually played with the globetrotters Wilt for the a stilt. year. That's pretty Pretty cool. amazing. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I'm going to give you a word. Tell me globetrotter or eagle. All right. Okay. And here's real quick before I go there. One of the things the globetrotters are known for are their crazy nicknames. Sure. Right, they've got just some some of the best nicknames ever, and I think that's one of the prerequisites before you become a player and get on a roster. Got to have a cool nickname. Got to have a cool nickname. Yeah. That's what they're all about. All right, so here we go. Globetrotter, Eagle Joe, Meadowlark. Meadowlark. That sounds like an eagle. Actually, it sounds like a sparrow. Meadowlark Lemon. Globetrotter. Oh, all right. Meadowlark Lemon. That's he not was a very a good cool name. Oh, but he was he was awesome. Was he? Really? He was one of yeah. He okay. was iconic. He was iconic. Really? Yep. All right. Wow. Here's here's the next one. Smokey. That sounds like a globetrotter. Yep. David Smokey Gaines. Nice. Love that. Was a globetrotter. Pygmy. I'm going to say eagle. It's an eagle. Little eagle, Joe. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Here we go. It gets tough. It's going to get tough. <laughs> Blackhawk. Ooh. That's got to be a globetrotter. That's an eagle. Oh, really? Blackhawk eagle. Really? How about that? All right, Joe. Greasy Neil. <laughs> I'm going to say globetrotter. 
Earl Greasy Neal is a 1969 Pro Football Hall of Fame coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's an eagle, Joe. <laughs> Greasy Neal is an eagle. Wow, this just uh, went you in definitely a whole on different one. dynamic. <laughs> you had yeah. me on that one. He, he coached job. the 48 and 49 oh. Eagles to NFL championships. Wow. There you go. All that right, w- Joe. That was impressive. Curly. I'm going to go Globetrotter on that Boom. one. Boom. <laughs> Fred Curly Neal <laughs> you know is Curly, a Globetrotter. Did you know he was also or Three Stooges? Curly, you're right. <laughs> and he was also bald. He was, right? yeah. yeah. Aren't all bald guys called Curly? Mm. Here How we go. You, Chris, are you called Curly? We start calling you Curly. I'm fuzzy. A lot of irony there. Uh, All right, Sapperstein. Sapperstein. I think that's an eagle. He is the founder of the Globetrotters, oh, Joe. Wow. Abe Sapperstein. Off my rocker here. Abe Sapperstein in 1926. All right, uh, Golden. That is an eagle. Boom. Uh, Twiggy. Twiggy. That is a Globetrotter. That's a Globetrotter. James Twiggy Sanders. Uh, Pope John Paul II. Definitely an eagle. He is a honorary globetrotter. <laughs> Can you believe it? In 2000, in a ceremony in St. Peter's Square at the Vatican, he was conveyed the title of honorary globetrotter. Can you imagine the Pope spinning a ball on his finger? <laughs> All right, last one. Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh. I'm going to go eagle. He's an eagle. Guitarist for oh. the rock band, uh, yeah, the Eagles. So he's nice. an eagle. I should have known that. Oh, that's so good. There you go. Good job, Joe. You didn't do too bad. Oh uh, well, I didn't do too good either. You know what? You were better on poems. That is ironic. It is ironic for sure. And I, you know what? I pulled out Greasy Neal for you just to uh, remind you that the Philadelphia Eagles won NFL championships in 1948 and 49, but not as many as the Washington Redskins. Well, speaking of globetrotters and sports, we also have National Bobblehead Day. I love bobbleheads. Bobblehead, yeah. How, how long do you think bobbleheads have been around? I'm going to say uh, 23 years. The early 80s. Really around the 1800s they what? started. Come on. For real. Were ceramic dolls with a spring in the head. They would make these figurines for famous pe- about famous people. They would cast a figurine, put a springy head in it. They think around the late 1800s is when it actually probably started, but definitely more than 100 years ago. Is that right? And then yeah. you said they would do famous people. Famous people. Like, so we're like Abe Lincoln bobblehead. That would be in the range. Yeah. General that's Grant they bobblehead. They don't have any to prove it, but they're pretty sure that that's when it ha- started happening. Okay. See, I think that is the... I, that's how you know you made it. Yeah, famous society, people... Society... It says you are popular and you've made it. They're going to put you in the form of a bobblehead. Joe, there are some actual very expensive bobbleheads that have been sold around the world at different times. And I just wanted to share, too, because I thought you might be interested. There was a 1960s Washington Redskins bobblehead really? that was sold. How much do you think it sold for? 1960s, very rare. There are only a few of them. How much do you think the 1960s Who was the bobblehead? character? Who was the, was a football player? Just a random football player. Like a, like just a, random uh, yeah. Redskin. Random, random Redskin on the name wow. with, the, with the football. I'm going to say $27,000. Well, you could have bought two pretty much for that okay. price. <laughs> so, right. you know what? There's Money 15, is no 000. object for Joe. <laughs> could have bought two. But you'll be happy to know it's a little over 15000 okay. You'll be happy to know. Right. The Eagles, the Eagles, speaking of Eagles, the Eagles bobblehead went for a little over 10000 mm. So the, the Redskins were more valuable. For sure Eagles. more valuable. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I thought you would appreciate that. <laughs> Step above trash. <laughs> the most expensive bobblehead that has been ever sold was a 1961's New York Yankees bobblehead. So 1961 New York Yankees bobblehead was sold for just shy of $60,000. It was found in an attic. 
a family found it in an attic and a collector looked at it and said, we know there were only two of these made and you have one. And someone for, I mean, but it is a Yankee. I mean, you know, all those Yankee fans are like, you know, they pay anything for anything. And we talked about this a while back. One of our first episodes, we talked about the most valuable sports franchises. It seems like anything that is New York Yankees, especially vintage just sells for crazy amounts of money. I'm not wow. surprised. Anything with the springy movie thing, kids like it. We make them, they sell them. Listen, They're it, still popular. It's not just kids. You go into offices and you see bobbleheads on people's desks. You know, you kind of get a feel for who a person is by what you see on their desk, right? If you had to have one bobblehead, how Ooh, about that? What would it be? That's a good question. I don't, I've never thought about that. Emily Dickinson? <laughs> cat in the hat. You might have cat in the hat on there. Well, speaking of desks... It is also National Clean Your Desk Day. You know that I need to do that big time. I, I hate this day. I want to be honest. <laughs> I hate this day. This is a terrible day. Scott's breaking out into hives right I now. I am done with the show. Whose idea was to put National Clean Your Desk Day on the show? I don't think I've ever, I've never seen your desk, Scott. Hush, it's usually hush, covered in papers. Hush, but listen, hush, you, hush. you know where things are. You've got piles. Organized piles. Well. See, I, I like my desk clean. I don't feel like I can work well when I've got stuff everywhere. I feel like if I've got just one thing in front of me, that's my task. That's what I'm about. And I get rid of, you know, do that. I get rid of it, move on to another thing. But that might have something to do with your chronotype too. You know, we talked about that, your sleep schedule, just how you work, you know, all those type of things. When different personalities have different styles of doing things, I would say, I don't not know where things are on my desk, but it is. It doesn't look great. Yeah. I will admit, it doesn't look great. I think I'm right in the middle. Like Chris is the clean desk. Scott is the opposite. I'm right in the middle. Where my desk is definitely not clean. There's piles of paper on it, but it's, it's you know, it's not terrible. No. You can actually see the desk. Yeah, and you know where everything is on your desk, roughly. <laughs> general area, general <laughs> Some, coordinates. But <laughs> I, I think the idea here is to get off to a good start in the new year, right? Get organized, get your stuff together, and just have have a good system moving forward. In addition to clean your desk, January is get organized month. So, yeah, there you go. So they're kind of fall in the same it's a, vein. It's get a good organized. month to do that. I mean, it's cold outside, snowy maybe, dreary. Be inside, clean clean the house, you know, clean the, organize. Organize your basement, Chris. <laughs> I'd rather sit upstairs in my nice warm living room and write poetry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> if I've got the choice of two, uh, that's the way I want. I'm with you on that one. No, we all need, we've got so much stuff. We all do, especially after Christmas, you you get more stuff and you just realize, why do I have, what am I doing with all this? You know, you you need to get organized. We all have far too much of everything. Yeah. As we sit here in my basement, full of stuff. And we're looking to get more stuff. (laughs) There could be someone skulking around over there and we wouldn't know it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Good point. Well, hey guys, I'm going to close with a quote. Hang on. Before we do that, before we do that. Since I was bad and using word of the day, that's skulk in Morse code. There you go. You used it. <laughs> I, well used it. I used it twice. You used it twice. Well Good done. job. I've got to be better. Well, let's see if you can actually get the quote this time. Because you were a little bit ranting about how... It'll never happen. How you were not okay. winning last right. week. So I am you know, ready. Let's start the year off right. Here we go. All right. So here is a quote. I love to be among those who are getting things done. Rather than spending time organizing or identifying problems, my desk may be messy, but it's neat in its purpose. Here's the first clue. Chris may know this right off the get-go. Oh, I don't oh, know. Come on. He revived the Statue of Liberty 
he raised $350 million to fix Lady Liberty, whose torch-bearing arm was corroded and swayed perilously in strong winds. He said it was a love of labor for his mother and father who arrived here from Italy. Man, I would know that. Somebody from Italy, Joe. Mother and father were from Italy, so he's got to have some Italian descent. I'll add a little more to it. His management style got him fired off the project. He raised the money and was leading the project, but his management style got him fired off the project. How long ago was this, you think? It was restored back around... About 40 years ago. I was going to say 20-something. There's a little clue there. 40 years ago. I've got one guess. I'm going to go President Trump. Was not President Trump. Ooh, that's a good guess, though. Good guess, though. But his parents weren't from Italy, so I knew that. That was wrong. He likes to get things done. Guess, Joe, or another clue? Uh, let's, go, let's go with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Wahlberg would have been 12, probably. <laughs> yeah, <at that> time. <laughs> I was thinking that until you said the year. I was like, uh, no. is he Italian? Mark Wahlberg restoring the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's probably as crazy as Donald Trump doing it, so I shouldn't, shouldn't really say. Here's the next clue. This was fun to put together, guys. He might have been president. A Gallup poll ranked him the third most admired human after Ronald Reagan and the Pope. And Massachusetts Senator Tip O'Neill talked him out of running against George H.W. Bush for the presidency. He had a plan for it, as he put it, making America great again. What? No way. If America could rebuild Western Europe after World War II, we ought to be able to fix our own country. Wow, that's interesting. Because Bush ran in 88. Sure. You said he was as admired as Ronald Reagan? As Ronald Reagan. He was the the third most admired human in America. Ronald Reagan and the Pope. An honorary globetrotter, Pope John Paul. What, is that your guess? No. (laughs) I'm just trying to confirm here. It was Pope. I don't know which Pope that was in the 80s, but... Okay. Yeah, it was Pope. Sorry, I missed that. PJP II. Who's that? My boy, Pope John Paul. Oh. Um, is that your guess? Someone who was <laughs> very popular. Just think about that in the 80s. In the 80s. Man. Raised money, had a tough management style, management could have been president, style. thought about could being president. president. I have Very I'm, successful. In the 80s, Donald Trump. If you don't know, <laughs> I'll give you one more. I'll, after I give you this next clue, oh, you're going to know who it is. I feel like I should... He was a builder, a developer, got stuff done in the 80s. Who got stuff done? I have no clue. It joys me that you're struggling a little bit because when I when you know this, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. You're just not thinking of it, but you know he got stuff done. Okay, here we go. Third clue. You're gonna get it after this. Oh. Third clue. He was the greatest car salesman since Henry Ford. His greatest hit was the sporty 1964 car that was almost named the Puma, Cougar, Cheetah, or Special Falcon, but finally was named after a World War II fighter jet. What? If you think of a World War II fighter jet, a very famous World War II fighter jet, this car was named after. And this was his car? He is the one who developed this car, yes. His team. And he got fired. It's not that Shelby guy. He got fired. You're you're, you're on the right track. He got fired. And then he took over something. Oh, I know. I know he knows. I don't know. know. You you should know know this one. Lee Iacocca. Lee Iacocca. Yeah, come on. I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> he did get stuff done. And you know what? Wow. Third most popular. That. I didn't know he almost ran for president. I didn't either. Wow. Here's, your la- here's your last clue. Tell me if you would have known it from this. His famous commercial taglines were this. The pride is back. He also voiced what would become his trademark phrase, which was, if you can find a better car, buy, buy it. it. Yeah. I remember those commercials back in the day. 
That's so sure. good. Man, I have got to up my game. <laughs> I really do. I am so... I'm just skulking around here. I can't figure out any of it. I can't, I can't, I don't know. My mind doesn't go there. I'm afraid you're going to start throwing things soon. That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) You know, his, his famous thing is he took a a salary of $1 while he was uh, in charge of Chrysler. And I did not realize this, that he was actually uh, ran Chrysler until 1992. And he died recently in 2019 at age of 95. So I did not realize that turned the company around was a huge success. He He's written t- three books, but the two that are probably the most famous are Iacocca and Autobiography, which I've not read, but actually after doing some research on this, I want to read it. It sure. sounded very interesting. And then in 88, he released a book called Talking Straight, which was kind of going right against all the things Japan was being known for, for its efficiency and effectiveness. And he thought, hey, we're still doing great stuff in America. Let's promote America as well and all our you know entrepreneurialism and engineering capabilities. That's a little bit about Lee Iacocca. Interesting. I bet he had a clean desk. No, he said he didn't. I love to be among those who are getting things done rather than spending time organizing or identifying problems. My desk may be messy, so he had a messy desk, but it's neat in its purpose. When everyone comments on my desk now, I'm going to say, my desk may be messy, but it's neat in its purpose. It's got gets things done. I get things done. I'm like that Joe guy. You know what I feel? I feel like the Washington generals right now. Like, I feel like I've gotten lost after loss. Joe just keeps dominating me in this. I I know how they feel now. Oh, you do? There you go. Everybody's going to know Joe's name after we're done here. They're not going to remember me. Well, maybe you can pick him up from the airport and take him to speak motivation. (laughs) We'll go to Wendy's, Joe. Dude, I'm I'm excited to get me a chocolate frosty, baby. (laughs) Expender, thanks for listening. And remember to be curious. Be bold. Be yourself. We'll be back in a week. And you heard my name in Morse code. And we also took a look at Chris's name and Joe's name in Morse code. <laughs> that's like how it. exciting we are. That's how exciting. <laughs> you too, when you get to be 50 years old, almost, Joe, 50 I'm years old, not 50. can learn your name in Morse code. The eagles have been an endangered species. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, the eagles have been an endangered species for a long... <laughs> We're sending SOS. <laughs> Save the eagles. Save the eagles. Save the eagles. <laughs> we just sent out the Joe as a ladies' man signal again. <laughs>